It's Tuesday, October the 27th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist, sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, Trump's third justice and Ant's giant flotation. First, the world in brief. Amy Coney Barrett was sworn in to America's Supreme Court during a nighttime ceremony, making her the third justice to be appointed by President Donald Trump just eight days before his bid for re-election. The Senate confirmed her with a 52-48 vote hewing close to party lines, cementing a 6-3 conservative majority on the court. Republicans hope Ms Barrett will help overturn liberal policies on, for example, abortion and gun restrictions. One of her first decisions will be whether to recuse herself from any cases that may concern the impending elections. More than 40,000 Americans were in hospital with COVID-19 on Sunday. It was the fifth day in a row that number increased and the first time that has happened since August. Some local governments are introducing stricter measures in an attempt to slow infections. In El Paso, Texas, where hospitalizations have tripled over the past three weeks, officials have imposed a nightly curfew. American stock markets fell as the pandemic surge and the continued absence of a federal stimulus deal increased fears about the health of the economy. The share prices of travel-related companies which are vulnerable to new coronavirus restrictions were hit hard. The S&P 500 index fell by 1.8% by the close. Asian stock markets also sank during early trading. Ant Group, a Chinese fintech company, set the price for shares to be sold in its stock market debut on November 5th. At more than $34 billion, they would make its IPO the largest ever, eclipsing the $29 billion raised by Saudi Aramco in December 2019. Ant is selling 11% of its equity on Hong Kong and Shanghai exchanges, implying a valuation of $313 billion. Shares in SAP, Europe's largest software company, dropped by as much as 20% after the firm cut its revenue and profit forecasts for this year. Many technology companies have thrived during the pandemic, but because lockdowns have hurt business confidence, big companies, SAP's main customers, have been spending less on IT. Lithuania's centre-right Homeland Union will become the senior partner in a coalition government after winning the most seats in Sunday's second-round parliamentary elections. The victors will have to contend with a budget deficit of around 9% of GDP, high unemployment and an ever-worsening COVID-19 crisis. And scientists have confirmed there are molecules of water on the moon. One study using NASA's SOFIA telescope detected the presence of water molecules, H2O, rather than hydroxyl, OH. Previous observations could not distinguish between the two. Another study using data from NASA's Lunar Reconnaissance Orbiter found billions of cold traps, permanently shadowed areas which could also contain ice. And now, here's today's agenda. The final countdown, a week to America's election. Seven days before polls close, campaigning has become frenetic. President Donald Trump, who relishes big rallies, has held up to three a day in various states, notably in the Midwest. That is despite the risks of bringing together thousands of mostly unmasked attendees amid a coronavirus surge. 
After a record of almost 84,000 new COVID-19 cases on Friday, experts fear further highs will follow this week. Nevertheless, today Mr. Trump is back in Wisconsin for a rally in West Salem, three days after one in Waukesha near Milwaukee. The president says America is turning the corner on the pandemic, a message undermined by news that five officials around his vice president, Mike Pence, have tested positive. Joe Biden will make fewer stops, but his cash-rich campaign is unleashing plenty of television and online advertisements. He may deploy his running mate, Kamala Harris, to Texas, spying a long-shot chance to turn a big red state blue. Add and subtract. Facebook suspends political commercials. With America's elections fast approaching, Facebook will stop accepting new political advertisements from today. Unlike Twitter, which banned all political commercials last year, Facebook has been reluctant to interfere with paid-for political speech. Restrictions help incumbents, argues the platform's boss, Mark Zuckerberg. His desire not to be an arbiter of truth means that Facebook does not fact-check political ads either. But this year's contest is not going to be business as usual, he conceded last month. The ban on last-minute ads is intended to stop candidates or their supporters making claims that cannot be debunked before polling day. Like Google, which owns YouTube, Facebook will also suspend political advertising after the elections, when many foresee a potential for fraudulent claims of victory. In 2016, the worry was that foreign powers were using social networks to spread misinformation about America's election. This year, the problem is homegrown. Tortoise and the Hare – Big Farmer's Earnings Pharmaceutical investors will get a reality check this week. Merck and Pfizer report quarterly results today. Moderna will do so on Thursday. Big Pharma's total returns have lagged behind those for the S&P 500 index this year. Sales of therapies unrelated to COVID-19 suffered as patients stayed away from hospitals and pharmacies. With insurers and hospitals now reporting results close to last year's levels, investors will be watching for signs of a rebound in sales of non-coronavirus drugs. They will also look for clues about the cost and timing of COVID-19 vaccines. Pfizer and Moderna are ahead with theirs, possibly winning regulatory approval by year's end, but both rely on unproven mRNA technology that may yet stumble. Merck is moving more slowly, but relying on more established approaches. This week's updates should provide clues about whether the race will go to the swift, or if slow and steady just might carry the day. Contain yourself. India and America v. China America's Secretaries of State and Defense, Mike Pompeo and Mark Esper, are in New Delhi today to meet their Indian counterparts for a second 2 plus 2 meeting. The Americans come bearing gifts, mainly a geospatial information-sharing agreement. The Indians reciprocate with enthusiasm for a military alliance that scarcely dare speak its name. Unofficially, it is the Quad – America, Australia, India and Japan. Last week, India invited Australia to join its annual Malabar naval exercise. Mr Pompeo met India's Foreign Minister S. Jai Shankar in Tokyo earlier this month. These four Indo-Pacific powers may sing from the same hymn sheet about liberal democracy, but what binds them is their common rival. 
India has not fretted this much about China since 1962, when it lost a war over a disputed bit of the Himalayas. This year, Chinese troops have been nibbling back territory India held onto back then. A Brexit gift to Europe, Eurostar reaches Amsterdam. Britain and Europe may have grown politically distant in recent years, but for travellers by train, they have never been closer. Yesterday, Eurostar, which runs services through the Channel Tunnel, launched a direct route between Amsterdam and London, taking as little as four hours. An hour has been shaved off the trip thanks to an agreement this summer that eliminated a passport check in Brussels. Eurostar hopes the speedier service will win over some of the four million people who flew between the two cities each year before COVID-19 struck. So does the European Commission, which hopes rail operators will open more new cross-border services. Last year, the Commission's fourth railway package forced all state-owned rail firms eventually to open their tracks to rivals, including those from other countries. Only Britain, which has long been keener on liberalisation, pushed hard for the legislation. Ironically, because of Brexit, the law will have more impact on the continent. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Alfred Whitney Griswold, who was born on this day in 1906. There are certain things in a man that have to be won, not forced, inspired, not compelled. That's it from the Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.